All right, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Dunnigan Mott Music Movie Podcast Reboot. This will be the final episode to carry the re- the reboot title. We will then go back to the original title after this. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, we're back again today with a brand spanking new episode. And um, this week was Steven's pick. So, Steven, what are we reviewing today? We're reviewing uh, Wheels of Fire. By Cream from 1968, released released on January 1st, actually, of 68, brother. All right, and um, I forgot to ask you at the very beginning of the episode, um, how you doing today, Stephen? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm doing great, brother. That's good. And, um, yeah, um, I don't have a lot of, I don't have any facts about this album really at all, so, um. The other thing I would like to add, I forgot to say, it was produced by Felix Papillardi. I guess that's how you say it. And Tom Dow was in there, too, and another guy, but I can't remember to tell you the truth. Okay. All right. So, um, with that said, um, I guess we can go ahead and jump into this album. Um, You take the first, well, you take all the tracks, actually. But, um, go ahead and let's get into the first track, Steve. All right, brother. The first track is going to be uh, White Room. This was a staple for Eric Clapton throughout his live career. Um, this was on th- the Goodbye Tour, also. Well, as along with as along also with the rest, some of the songs on this other album. Um, great. Great work here. Um, pretty much, like I said, I've heard it so many times live and all. I've kind of grew The songs kind of grew on me. I've kind of always liked it. That's about the only thing I can say about it, really, because I've heard it so many times that it's a great song. And, and uh, really, I don't think anybody would be able to come up with a with that riff like that. You know, not saying anybody can't play it like the White Room drum riff, but, you know, probably – he's the only one that would come up with something like that because the time signatures are so different. That's one thing about cream. Uh, you know, the, the time signatures and all, if you, if you really, if you really try to count in some of these songs, I mean, it'll be six or seven beats in a bar, you know, <laughs> really, really unique stuff. But, uh, what about you, brother? All right. Well, um, Classic track. The beginning sounds like timpanis are being used during like the the intro riff or whatever. Um, this version in particular has a much more epic sound to it, and um, overall an awesome song. Ginger Baker, awesome drummer. He to me carries this song and a lot of the other songs on this album. His just his drum, his his drumming just made sticks out it's so unorthodox in places but awesome and carries the song to me and in my opinion but um it's been covered by clapton after cream disbanded and everything else and also a great version of the song was featured on ace fraley's origins volume one album which was a um, covers album that he did a couple of years back or several years back and um Great version on there, and I'm I'm pretty sure it's been um, covered by many many other artists here and there as well. 
Um, has a great groove by Ginger Baker. Great song. Love the track. And um, great guitar playing by Clapton. Great solo. And um, good stuff. And the studio version fades out like unlike a lot of other versions that I've heard of the song that just basically ends in this pretty epic way it kind of it fades out on this version but um that's all i have for this particular track and i guess you can get into the next track steven all right brother the next track this one was also done a lot live this was a not not by eric in the past in the next years but on the on the good pie tour especially live by cream sitting on top of the world Oh, this was this was a a blues a blues number, kind of a more straight blues number. The only the only time that Cream really, I mean, there's blues tinges all in Cream stuff, but this is one of the only times that they do kind of straight blues. They they're either doing blues or the or like this, or the only other time, the only other kind of stuff they do really is improvisational, just very unique stuff. But this one, pretty straightforward, um, kind of reminiscent of stuff Clapton does, you know, all throughout his career live, the same type of, of lead playing accompany, accompaniment, as he calls it, lead accompaniment. And um, really, it's been this song has been stated by various artists, including Eddie Van Halen, I've heard, to, uh, to, have, been, to have been the greatest live electric performance so uh that's pretty interesting but uh overall great track as always great but great playing by uh eric throughout this whole album as well so to you brother z all right um sit sitting on top of the world um like I mean, like you said with this particular track, a lot of great impromptu jamming on it. Um, love it, and I mean, all throughout this album, there's just this impromptu jamming type stuff all throughout, and um, just a great it's great British blues to me. Um, awesome song, great blues cover. Um, kind of a slower blues track in a way, and um, I love this track quite a bit. Jack Bruce's vocals are great. And um, Ginger Baker's drumming is awesome. It has this kind of unorthodox groove to it. And it's kind of Ginger Baker, he, instead, of, instead of playing the B, he kind of plays with the rhythm of the guitar. Instead of like playing a straight beat throughout the song, he plays with the guitar itself. And I really, that's really interesting about his type of playing. And um, great guitar solo by Clapton. Great stuff, awesome song, and um, I mean, Clapton's guitar playing um, was very good on this particular tr track, and all throughout, to me, this is um, some of Clapton's best playing during this era, and um, I love this track, great track, and um, like I said, Clapton's guitar playing was very, very great, so I um, guess we can move on to the next track, Stephen. Well, the only thing... Uh I would like to say about the sitting on top of the world, especially with this track. The the notice the guitar tone, you that that has not been duplicated much. Nobody plays quite like that with that tone. I've I've personally I've never heard it on anything else much. That kind of really, really very much 
deep sound drive to it. Uh, it's just, it, it's really never, not much, not many people can, can get that tone. But uh, anyway, moving on to the next track, Passing the Time, which on this one, um, just like to add very briefly that it was part of the Goodbye Tour. Um, one of the songs that was featured on that. And I believe, uh, just a side note, that on this on the Goodbye Tour, Cream nineteen sixty eight, that on when they, on they was alternate venues, um, and each each venue. What I'm trying to get at, they would once one that one time they would do passing the time with a Ginger Baker drum solo, then then the next venue they would do Toad with the Ginger Baker drum solo. I kind of doubt that they would do both in the same show to tell you the truth, and it kind of proves that also that uh, this song was on the third i think it's the third disc or so of that and 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 toads that on that one on that venue um and as far as the song itself i think they should have they shouldn't have added all the bells to it and all that that part and the part where they say passing the time the sort of chorus part per se i think it sounds better the way they did it live if you if you go and listen to that um whoever's listening and it'll go over a lot better than than this um the bell part and everything else to me the bells just don't go along with this genre or this style of music but it's it's uh it's something that cream you know is kind of known for adding adding things like bells and all that into this type of stuff but um uh, I, I mean i like the song itself but i think they should have took out the other the you know the intro itself is good but the two parts after that are not very good in my opinion i think they should have did the drum solo on the record as well i to do live but to you brother all right um passing the time <clears throat> kind of a weird psychedelic type type song at the beginning really reminds me of very early frank zappa and um pretty good though for what it is and uh, i really like the melody um has kind of a beatles vibe to me I like the violin and bells that's in the song and um, kind of goes to this faster paced psychedelic type song afterwards and um, it's pretty pretty good as well and uh, it's kind of filler to me but still good and interesting song nonetheless and um, great groove by Ginger Baker kind of gives me a Mitch Mitchell of the Jimi Hendrix experience it gives me kind of that vibe with the groove um good stuff and um from i put kind of in and out and done in my notes so i'm assuming i meant kind of straight into the point um goes back into the weird beginning at the end good stuff and um <clears throat> is clapton actually on this particular song or um because it's like i was wondering that now live i know he is so i suspect yeah, he is on this in the studio as well. I know, I know. Jack Bruce did some guitar work, but it wasn't it wasn't any more than you know acoustic. I don't think, but he did he did do some. Yeah, and um, I didn't know it was actually performed live. That's pretty interesting. I'm gonna have to look that version up because that sound that seems like it would be interesting. And, oh yeah, um, it's the, it's the, the live version only has the very first part of the intro. And then it goes straight to the they go okay to the jam after that for a while and 
for about two, write a, write a verse, then they just go into the drum solo. Okay, okay. I I had to look into that, but um, overall, I think it's good stuff. I think it's a good song. And, um, so, I guess and overall, I think that they should have stick to that formula that they did live instead of doing it like this because it sounds kind of more off the wall to tell yeah. the truth on the record version. Yeah. But um, I guess you can, we can move to the next song if you want to. All right, brother. I was just I wanted to make sure you didn't have anything else to say. But no, um, I'm good. I'm good. All right. So the next one is going to be the fourth track of the album. As you said, the only thing that comes to mind with this one is I like the guitar riff on it, but other than that, the song is very unique. Um. It sounds very um, Jack Bruce-ish. It sounds like something he would probably mostly come up with. I think it's credited to him and somebody else, and maybe or maybe it's him and Ginger Baker. It's that it's that's the usual formula for the uh, the songwriting. Eric wasn't very involved with the songwriting. Maybe maybe just the guitar part, but probably not the songwriting itself. That's that's something that would change a lot later. But anyway, uh, it sounds like something Jack Bruce had a lot to do with writing. And uh, I really, I, the track's overall decent. But, I mean, it like you said, sort of sort of fillerish, but not as much as, as we get as the stuff at the very end of the album. I think, I think this one belonged on the album, to tell you the truth. But uh, I like, I like the guitar riff and, Really, the song itself is okay-ish. That's the only thing I could say about it. So, uh, I guess to you, brother. <clears throat> All right. Um, kind of in the same vein as the previous song, but um, I really like the track. Kind of gives me a um, "Can't Find My Way Home" by Blind Faith vibe, sort of. And um, pretty cool song. Has kind of a late era Beatles feel. And um, kind of a Frank Zappa feel, kind of kind of Beatles and Frank Zappa mixed together. Good stuff. Love the vocals and the and the escalation at the at the end of the verses. Cool song, and um, it's acoustic with with a kind of violin added in. I like that quite a bit. Um, good song. Kind of loses me at the beginning, but that's pretty much it. And um, this also gives me a very progressive rock type vibe, and kind of reminds me of something that Rush would do. But um, overall, I think it's a very great song, and um, that's pretty much all I have to say. Um, what about you? Well, the uh, the only other thing I have to say is that Jack Bruce played, I think it's called cello, if I'm not mistaken, on okay. this album. So uh, I'm not sure exactly how that sounds. It might even be, I think that is a violin that you're talking about. But, uh, you know, like I said, I really, I'm not real familiar with what a cello would sound like. But uh, the cello is the strings. So it's probably that's the string type stuff we're hearing, like the violin and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so, because it isn't credited to anybody else playing it, I guess. So. All right, so you uh, you ready to move on to the next one, brother? Yeah, sure. Let's go ahead. All right, the next one's gonna be Press Rat and Warthog. This is probably the most unique song I've ever heard in my life. 
Um, Ginger Baker uh, wrote it. Him and, and a lyricist, I'm assuming. This is probably the case. It's, it's basically halfway not even a song. It's oh. really just him talking over music. But, I mean, the tune's pretty good. And it, it, it wasn't ever done live until the Cream Reunion Tour in 2005. Uh, I, I'm thinking that's probably the only time it was done live. And I, the story goes that somebody was pressuring Ginger Baker into doing doing it or he wouldn't have even done it then but uh it's very interesting on the live version of that of this he uh he plays and and he plays drums and sings at the same time but he has to have a a mic you know like somebody's talking like a preacher or something you know like a, a mic on your face that's how he had to do it live he probably didn't have to do it like that in the studio because you know you can just overdub and all but that's an interesting story. Uh, I guess, well, and overall, on the song, I mean, it's it's kind of okay-ish. I mean, it's kind of, the lyrics are kind of off the wall. To tell you the truth, the whole, the whole album, the, sound, the, the lyrics sound like somebody that was on drugs or something wrote them, which I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised if they actually were. I was fixed but, to say the same thing. And uh, anyway, that's about all I can say for this one, but... Uh, you know, it's it's kind of just for the heck of it. I kind of like the song because of the the story and all. And, and he on the on the Cream 2005 reunion, he actually said that uh, that that was actually real, and they had actually opened it back up or whatever. I'm not sure what that's all about, but that's just what he said. Okay. And uh, I don't know. Are you uh, ready to move? Okay. Have you? Okay, you haven't uh, made your comment yet, have you, brother? Nah, it's it's cool, but um. Yeah, I have. I talk so long sometimes I forget. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but um, pressed rat and warthog. Um, I did not even realize that this was Ginger Baker on vocals. I never even knew that until you just said something, and um. I didn't, I, and I also put at the bottom, was this ever performed live? You answered my question there, too. I'm definitely going to look this up to see the live version because I definitely want to see this. But um, another kind of Beatles-esque type song, um, kind of more late Beatles, something I could picture this on like Sgt. Pepper or something like that. But um, kind of a pretty, it's a pretty cool psychedelic type song, and um, like you said, the lyrics are super interesting. Um, I, I'm kind of like you. I wonder what kind of substances they were babbling in at the time, because um, man, it, I mean, the lyrics are definitely very interesting. And, and um, and you said Ginger Baker wrote the lyrics to this track. Well, I said that he probably had a, I think, it's, it's, it, it, the credit said Ginger Baker and somebody else I'd never heard of. So I'm assuming that they that they had a lot to do with writing the lyrics. Well, I mean, he, he has written songs before, and it just be credited to him, like on the Blind Faith album. Yeah. Um, there was a song called Do What You Like. I think that was yeah. it. And he wrote that, the, the lyrics and everything, I think. And he, he writes pretty poetically. So, I mean, I wouldn't, it's not unbelievable that he would have wrote these lyrics, but I think, you no, know, seeing that, that that other guy was on there, whoever, um, 
I think it was probably he had something to do with writing the lyrics, and the music was probably more Ginger's part. But yeah. um, that's what I'm thinking about it. Okay, and um, getting back to the song real quick, um, the horn is very interesting that is on the song. Pretty cool Clapton solo, and um, just I put a little note here. Um, these th- these past three songs, this song and the pr- previous two before it, <clears throat> I did not expect this at all because um, this is actually the first Cream album I've heard in its entirety, and um, I never expected Cream to do stuff like this. I kind of thought it was all kind of British blues, pretty much. But um, yeah, that's pretty. It sure surprised me. But um, but um, with that said. Press Rat Warthog, I really, really enjoy, and um, I guess we can move on from there, Steve. Yeah, brother. Uh, Cream, like I said earlier, it's either blues, like kind of, kind of deep roots type blues, or British, whatever you want to call it. Um, well, it's either they're doing, they're either doing that, or it's, it's pretty much improvisational. Um, uh, and a good, a good, a good example of that would be this song but um as far as and also the studio our studio work on this hell album but um moving on to the next track um assuming that you're ready brother yeah let's go with all right um the next one politician a uh, very iconic song a very iconic riff um pretty much i think they just they wrote this one off the cuff and um they, they did it a lot a lot live and it's it's very unique you probably there's not a lot of, of stuff there you know anything like this the riff and it's i mean really it's so simple but it's uh it's one of the best ever really in my opinion and uh, if, you, if you really if you ever if you think about it the structure of the song it, it requires eric to uh to add feels after every time he plays the riff or the main riff. So that adds a very interesting, um, you know, kind of taste to it that, you, that he has to, to add those feels and everything. And that's another reason why it's so unique because he, he has to, he's forced to add that those feels in there and everything. And uh, it kind of shows his ability a lot more than some of these other songs. He does solos and stuff on them, but on politician, especially live, it kind of shows his uh, his ability to that he would show a lot later on to, to fill in music the way he does with, with guitar. So, uh, what about you, brother? All right, um, politician, classic cream. Um, back to some more bluesier stuff at this point on the album. Um, I kind of think it. Is, I think the live version is superior to this version. I kind of like the live version. I believe it's on Goodbye, right? Oh, yes. Multiple times. And uh, I, I think that I think that, that the live version flows a lot better. And uh, I like, I, I have to say, I like the live version better than this. But um, still, with that said, to me, this is the best track on the album. Ginger Baker, I put. I mean, what is there left to say? Ginger Baker kills it on drums. Love it. Politics, politics, politics. I mean, the lyrics just, I mean, I, I love the lyrics to the song. Um, um, good song overall. And um, some great guitar work by Clapton. 
And um, that's pretty much all I have for this particular track. So I guess we can move on if you ain't got anything else to say, Steve. Well, the only other thing that I that I forgot to say earlier was that uh, this something stuck out to me is they played this the, the this song a little bit differently than they do live too. And it's even yeah. uh, and the riff. It, it's like they yeah. uh, they keep it going a little bit longer. Uh, that's the only way I can think to describe it they just keep the, the main riff they just play it about another bar longer and it really doesn't sound right to me like you said i think it goes over a whole lot better live just like yeah. any of this stuff to tell you the truth all of yeah. this goes over better live but that's just because live cream they have to show off their, their instrumental talent you know because there's yeah. only they're, they're limited to to that and they're forced you know they have they, they're forced to uh pretty much just show their abilities in, in full, I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But, uh, and I'll say, I mean, Cream is a live band. They're, they're a, in all essence, to me, a jam band. I mean, that's, I, they're made to get out and perform in front of an audience. I mean, they're, I mean, I mean, great musicianship all the way through this. And, uh, yeah, like you said, the live version of this song is a bit different. The drum, even the drumming is, I like the drumming more live because it kind of, he plays, he, Ginger Baker plays a lot more with the get rhythm of the guitar on the live version than he does with this version. And, um, I, I like that a, a lot better as well, but, um, you can go ahead and move on if you, if you're ready, Steve. All right, brother. Um, the next track, the seventh track of the album, this is going to be Those Were the Days. Um, this is, this is unique as well. If I'm not mistaken, Ginger Baker had a lot to do with, with writing this one. I think the credit was to Ginger Baker, maybe somebody else, but I'm not sure about that. But, uh. He, Ginger definitely had a big part in arranging all these songs. I would like to add, but but just for this one, um, it's a very different instrumental instrument choice. Uh, it's it's kind of what I had wrote down, and what I mean by that is just like the, all the bells and whistles added to it, and all this different stuff. Like that's why I say Cream is so much better live because they could do without all that, all them different bells and. You know, when I say bells and whistles, I literally mean bells. But you, you get yeah. the point of what I'm saying. Yeah. But anyway, um, very off-color lyrics, just like this whole album. But this one in particular with the lyrics, I don't know, to tell you the truth, what it's talking about. But it doesn't matter because this, this genre doesn't rely on lyrics anyway. It's just, uh, it's more it's more based on in instruments. But, uh to you, Brother Z. All right. Um, those were the days, like you said, um, interesting lyrics. Um, I really do like the song, though. Um, I love the bells and the extra percussion in it. And um, great track, great drumming by Ginger Baker. Great guitar solo and groove from um, Ginger Baker on well, great get great guitar solo by by Clapton and great groove by Ginger Baker. Um, great stuff overall, and kind of has this more psychedelic um, kind of vibe to it. So a return to that 
kind of stuff on this album as well. But um, that's all I have to say pretty much. Um, is there anything else you got to say? And we'll move on. Uh, the only thing is, is uh, it was funny what you said. I wish Ginger Becker would do a, a guitar solo. <laughs> I, I want to see. I wanted to know what that would sound like. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, on to the next one, I guess, brother. Um, Born Under a Bad Sign. This is kind of, to me, just kind of in the same essence of uh, sitting on top of the world. That same blues style, and really, tell you the truth, it sounds better slowed down to me. They they uh they did it that the slowed down version on the 2005 reunion. Yeah, and I think that went over a lot better than than this because uh, it sounds a lot you know more bluesier and really what the song is supposed to be if it slowed slowed down and really the tempo that they played at that is more reminiscent of like rock or something but uh you know over i mean the song itself i mean blues is not it's not going to blow you away really with the song itself it's just kind of overall about the spirit of it i guess you could say but uh really i love i love the, the guitar riff the main riff of the song, the blues riff and all, that's probably one of the most iconic ones of all time, too. Um, and it's probably used a lot more than people think. You know, people don't realize re- realize it, but they copy they copy this song and stuff like this a lot when they when they play blues. But uh, to you, brother. All right. Um, born under a bad sign. That's where we're at, right? Yes. Okay, okay. I was confused. My notes shifted on me, but, um, because I got them on my phone and my notes shifted up, but, um, Born Under a Bad Sign, great song, Back to the Blues on the album, great groove by Ginger Baker, awesome stuff, classic cream, love it, and it has this, this is the one track on the album I can say has a very live feel to me. It's very, it's a very live sounding track, very raw. And um, love it. Great guitar and great great guitar work by Clapton and great bass work by Jack Bruce. He has this very thunderous bass tone throughout this whole entire album. Great stuff, or I put good stuff, but great stuff, great solo, and overall a great, great track. And up to here, this whole album to me has been great stuff. And um, that's pretty much all I have to say. I had something else to say, and I forgot what it was. But um, if I think of it, I was, oh um, I, I I remember the version that Clapton he brought this back when he done the From the Cradle tour. He 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 started doing this song song as well, and um, I like that version as well. It's it's a much more stripped down bluesy version with the horns and everything else with it. But um, I like that version as well. The kind of more slowed down bluesy version. And that's kind of hard to believe. I, I, I've heard it before, the one you're talking about, of a rehearsal of, of this or something like that. Like you said, from the Cradle Tour with yeah. this. But uh, it's kind of hard to believe that he would do something like this. And, he really, yeah. and, I mean, he took it and really totally changed it. He made it into – he kind of conformed it to that style more. Yeah. And but then also, he went – yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say that he kind of uh, did it. To go, went back to the other way, obviously with the cream 2005. But uh, what about uh, back to you, brother? 
Uh, well, I, I was just going to say the version I heard before this of this track was actually Albert King's version. And he does a great version, but it, it's much more in style of what Clapton did on um, the From the Cradle tour. He did a version by himself, and I also heard a version with him and Stevie Ray Vaughan together, and it's very, very good. But um, that's all I have, Elwood, so we can move on here if you want to. All right. Let's see. The next one is going to be track number nine, correct? Yep. Okay. Making sure we're on the right one. So, Deserted yeah, deserted Cities of the Heart. This is one uh, that even Clapton himself has stated has very weird lyrics, along with the rest of anything Kareem does, just about. You know, if you ever tried, for example, if you try to listen to stuff like White Room, it's a good song, but if you ever try to analyze the lyrics of that song? Not really. And you just about can't, is the point. <laughs> that, was yeah. kind, that was kind of a, you know, anyway. Deserted Cities of the Heart. I like the live version on Goodbye Cream, too. There's only one, there, I believe there's only one version of it on the album. Uh, of goodbye cream i know i keep going back to that it's because uh i like comparing these because it was from the same year 1968 to the live version yeah and the yeah. fact that i like that it goes over better and really that holds true to this one especially because it's kind of a, a little bit more slowed down and this and it kind of just creeps along and to tell you the truth is a lot Version, it, it, it goes more on the rhythm of it and it's just kind of a more of a driving beat and I think that's what really makes the song live Deserted Cities of the Heart I accidentally put Deserted Cities of the Heat of Heat but um I guess because I was hot at the moment I wrote it down or whatever but um writ or written it down whatever whatever the case may be with it but uh Great stuff, kind of back to the psychedelic type stuff that was here on earlier on, on the album. And um, great song, end of the studio part of the album. Um, str the strings for, in particular add a lot to this song, in my opinion. Great solo, great drumming, awesome song, good stuff. That's all I have. And um, if you're ready, we can move on. All right, brother. Um... The next track, the first of the live section of this, which there's only four, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, live stuff. Yeah. Uh, but the section winds up pretty being pretty long <laughs> because of a few tracks. This one wasn't too extended out, but the next couple of ones are going to be. Crossroads, the most probably the most done song ever by Eric Clapton. Um He's probably done this one probably thousands of times, maybe even literally. But I thought uh, it's the dumb, the most dumb song by Eric Clapton. I was like, "Whoa, what the world?" Yeah, the most the the one done the most live anyway. Yeah, but, I got. Uh, it. Yeah, the the recording it it doesn't really even sound live. The recording itself, there's no there's no there's not much crowd noise, if any, and the. The, the recording is, is that that good. I mean, all this stuff is recorded very well live. I don't know how. I mean, comparing to the stuff like on Goodbye Cream, there was some stuff that was pretty good. Then you get to the uh, the, the Royal Albert Hall section of it, 
and then it's completely just i mean the recording is like trash you can make out what they're doing but there's just this constant buzz over over the whole thing yeah recording it just amazes me how good the recording was if it was recorded live you know which i know it i know it was but uh Anyway, the the track itself has always been a staple and always been one of my favorites, done by countless amounts of bands. <laughs> so uh, even Skinner. So what about uh, you, brother? Um, classic track, um, awesome stuff. Classic blues song differs very much from the original version by Robert Johnson. Um, Crossroad Blues, extremely different compared to that original version um the skinnered version's awesome that it, they they're basically covering this version of the song but they do amp it up a little bit and add some different type stuff in there here and there but um probably the best known song on the album besides white room and overall to me great stuff that's all i have to say about it. something i would and, like to add that reminds me about uh the skinner like you mentioned or I mentioned first, but uh, Alan Collins was was featured on that version, and um, it was really, I mean, the recording itself, it almost sounds like it's done in the style of Cream, with, and, and the mix, I think there might be one more guitar in there, that's probably Gary yeah. Rosington, but it's, it's so low in the mix, you can't even make it out, so really, overall, the track, when Skinner did it, it was like, cream live doing it because all you could hear yeah. was bass drums and alan you know doing the the riff and then doing the solo all the solos and the, the last thing i would like to add is alan you could tell he's very much um you know can't i can't think of the word when it comes to it but you know uh when it, you know he's, he plays a lot like eric because you know i can't even think of the word but on this uh on this particular one also and i can kind of see why but at the same time if i think about it i think about some of his other playing like uh he does a why like alan collins does a, a wah wah solo on uh, on a track by skinner um uh, i think it's something like needle in the spoon i think it's called that yeah. one is if you hear the why stuff on the on the white room it's it's very uh very much like Eric's playing. Yeah. But uh, it's kind of that, not the same tone quite, but it, it, just the playing itself. I mean, it's it's very reminiscent. Yeah. And I, I would like to add before we move on, Alan, from, if I'm, if I remember right, I read, I mean, Alan Collins was like, he was like a big, Clapton was a huge influence on him as a guitar player. And you can very much tell. But, um, and I was also going to say with these live tracks in particular, I, I didn't really listen to them to take notes on them. But um, as far as as far as far um, that goes, I knew, I knew most of these tracks well enough to kind of just jot some stuff down and be done with it. But um, we can move on if you're ready. All right, Brother Z. We spent quite a while on that track. But, uh... yep. While you're doing that, I'll be right back. All right, so uh, the next track's going to be Spoonful, a 16-minute version of Spoonful. They they uh, they would they would have been better off if they would have just 
blues it, they wouldn't have blues it up so much really in my opinion i think they should have should have kind of made it into more of a rock feel because it kind of just drags along too much and it's just overall it, it just doesn't go over as well i mean even live obviously because this is live too but even in the uh the versions on the uh the album goodbye tour cream tour doesn't go over quite as well um, I don't mind the fact that it goes 16 minutes long within itself. I, I like the jamming with the song, but uh, like I said, I think they should have sped it up some. And um, really, the spoonful, um, it, it was very highly requested live with the uh, with the, all the tours, really, they did. Yeah. But I remember this one in particular. With Goodbye Cream Tour, they was just, you know, they did it like four times on the album, Spoonful. And it was probably their most popular one they ever did, really. Because live, they were they were chanting uh, Spoonful. I mean, everybody, it sounded like in the whole place was saying, play Spoonful. And then they said, all right, we'll do a Spoonful. And, and then they got 16 minutes of Spoonful. So they yeah. got, I mean, they got what they wanted, pretty much, is what I'm trying to get at. And uh, it was it was very very popular, probably along with maybe White Room, their most popular at the time. And and the next one we're gonna well not the next one but a couple of next ones down. Toe we're gonna get to that was one of their most popular ones, and that's kind of unexpected to be very popular in my mind, being you know just an instrumental. But uh, I guess uh, to you now, Brother Z. All right. Well, um, classic blues track, um, awesome song, and like you said, a very long jamming song. To, I mean, a long blues jam throughout, and uh, that's pretty much all I have for this particular song. So yeah, I guess we can move on from there. All right, Z. Next to the last track on the album, we're on track 12, I believe. It's uh, Train Time. And this one... You can tell, I mean, it's like Deep Roots, Mississippi blues stuff. I mean, this is where it all started with the blues, this type of stuff here. And maybe even just with the harmonica, but with the harmonica and the drums, it really, uh, it adds a, a very good element to it, in my opinion. And to, and to tell you the truth, um, you know, that the fact that Eric didn't add anything in, it's kind of surprising to me because blues has always been, you know, Eric Sting, per se. And, uh, you know, with the harmonica, they did live when they when they did uh, a couple of one, different ones live like this with the harmonica with uh, Jack Bruce. But uh, on this one, they didn't. It's just Jack Bruce on harmonica and Ginger on the drums. And I would like to add that um, I'm not a drummer, per se, but it seems like to keep that constant of a rhythm like ginger did in this song i know it's repetitive and all but i mean just to keep it going just so perfect like that and perfect timing it just kind of amazes me how you can even do that like it's almost not like he's a human like that or something he's so rhythmical you know what i mean yeah well the other songs it's not so hard but with something like that with something that's just so repetitive and fast and just has to be perfect timing and all that i just don't see how he does that to be honest the level of difficulty to me is very high on all aspects of this song. But yeah. uh, it just goes to show the musicianship, but to mm. you now, brother. 
All right, and um, I didn't really talk about it earlier, but I mean, this is there's several tracks on here I didn't know off the album, and this is one of them. I'm not going to backtrack, go any any other songs or anything like that that I didn't know, but um, this was one I didn't know off the album. But it's a cool song, like you said, harmonica and drums, no no guitar on this particular track. And you answered my question. I was I was assuming that it was Jack Bruce on harmonica, and overall, just a pretty cool blues track and yeah i mean jack bruce keeping that steady of a beat like he did i mean ginger baker excuse me keeping that steady of a beat i mean he's he he's got his chops down that's for sure but um that's pretty much all i have for this track um i had something else to say and i've done forgot what i was going to say by now but um yeah um well this song also, all right, after this, this, this song is kind of tedious to listen to because, just, I mean, it's not much. It's only two instruments to begin with and vocal, obviously. But it's just, if you, if you don't listen to a lot of stuff that has harmonica in it, like I don't really, except for maybe Bob Dylan, but that doesn't, not even to this extent. Like, I've never, I've ne- I mean, people, bands that are this popular, our individual solo people, they just, it's not very common to feature a harmonica at all. And uh, that just goes to show you about the instrumental, you know, uh, technique of all these, all these folks. It's really, it's really hard to do to be that good at, at different instruments like that. And, you know, they, they are like Jack Bruce. He can play bass, uh, you know, I, I guess he can play guitar as well, obviously, because it's kind of it's sort of the same thing. But then he got you got harmonica too and cello, and he, it, I mean, his instrumental ability is really it doesn't have any limits, it seems. But uh, and vocals are are pretty good on this one, um, for you know for the track. But um, I guess that's that's it for that one. Is that all you have to say, brother Z? Yeah, I had something else to say, but I forgot about what it was, so I, we can move on now. All right, brother. Uh, the next one and last track, the 13th track of the album, Toad, which uh, which was pretty popular at the time, and it's kind of, like I said earlier, it's kind of surprising to me that it was being an instrumental and the fact that it has, you know, pretty good long drum solo. If I had to guess, I'd say seven minutes, something like that. Being it's well on this album, it's sixteen minutes long, but on the live version, they they only do it like like ten minutes, I think. Or I might I might be getting it mixed up with passing the time. I think I am, but uh, really, I think that the tune really is is just uh, overall really good. Uh, that's probably why it was so popular, because a lot of people. Uh, probably wouldn't relate to a drum solo that much but uh you know because they probably just don't try hard enough to listen to it but um along with white room i think this is the best song to listen to on the album um it really goes back to why it was popular and all that's probably why the tune um it's kind of it's the the ones that have kind of resonated the songs that have kind of resonated from this album have been white room um toad and really 
that tune of Toad and also Politician, those three have really resonated throughout the years, and have re- they're really the most recognizable tunes. Also, you might not you might have heard it, and you and you don't know where you heard it from. It's, it's one of them kind of things. So, uh, and and also, uh, Ginger Baker, great solo and everything. Um, he's a great drummer. That's all I can say. Um, the only person that does live drum solos like that is, uh, you know, people like uh, Jim Gordon and, and there's, a, there's a couple of others, but that's a rare occurrence also, uh, just a drum solo period live. Not many bands at all do that. So back to you, brother. All right. Um, Toad, great jam song at the beginning, then goes into the drum solo, a great drum solo, awesome drum solo. Thunderous bass by Jack Bruce once again. Awesome track, love it. And this track totally sold me on Ginger Baker. And um, yeah, great, great drummer, one of my favorites now. But um, yeah, um, that's the end of the album. Is there any other tracks that were tossed around for this or anything else? Well, I didn't do a ton of research to be honest. So I wouldn't know exactly, but I'm assuming not the way the, the way this album is structured. And I'll tell you why, because if they are going to add four live tracks, I'm, and you know, blues oriented stuff. Well, the exception of Toad, that was an that was an original, but the rest of them, you know, they usually didn't, they probably didn't have any, any more material to add. So they just, they just decided to show off their instrumental ability and make it a double album. It's probably what they did. So, uh, and also to end, you know, the closing remarks for me, what I'll just go ahead and say for me would be Cream Goes Over Better Live. And this album, I would overall give probably uh, a good six to seven out of 10, probably more of a seven out of 10. It's, it's just because, uh, it's not because they, they, they extended them out, the songs. I like that they did that. I just don't like that they, they added so many bells and stuff to it. And the ch- I mean, the cello and stuff was fine, but I don't really like bells with this kind of stuff. It doesn't fit, really. So I could do without all the bells and whistles, per se, um, in this album. And other than that, really, I, I mean, it's, it's an okay album. That's that's really that's my sentiment to it overall. It's just okay. The stuff, the the, the version, the, the songs that they did do live from this album went over really good. But um, the other ones, I can understand why they wouldn't do live. And I'll just leave it at that. So, um, <laughs> what about you uh, for the overall album, brother? Um, overall, I think this is a great album um, from start to finish. Um, this is going to be another episode where our opinions kind of differ. I mean, I, the past several episodes have been that way, other than like the 5150 episode where we both pretty much bashed that album from start to finish of that, other than some songs here and there. But um, I'll give this album a 10 out of 10. Good stuff. I really enjoy listening to this album. I listened to this album twice prior to the review. But um, is that all you have to say? Any other final thoughts on this album? Well, I would just uh, respond to, to your comments that uh, 
I, that surprises me quite a bit that you would like this album that much. Because, uh, well, I, now that I think about it, no, it really doesn't. Because you listen to stuff like Frank Zappa, and this is in the same sort of realm, isn't it? Pretty as much, that. yeah. Yeah. Maybe not as jazzed up as Frank Zappa, but you know what I mean as far as just the overall just kind of randomness. There's a, there's a very much sense of randomness to this whole album. And uh, stuff that really ordinarily would not fit with this, with whatever you would call this genre. Um, probably, I mean, like Ginger Baker said, you can't put that in a box, or especially cream in a box. Nobody knows what genre it is. And because nobody ever duplicated it or did anything like that enough to people to really want to name it. So, um, you know, cream, that's just the way cream goes though. And, that yeah, like I said, that surprises me a lot that you would like the album that well, because uh, I you know usually the person that suggests the album would would have sort of a a better a better taste to it or whatever. But I just wanted to I was interested to see what you would think about it because I always thought it was kind of a random album, and um, overall just just kind of imp- there's a lot of improvisation of stuff and I like I like that but uh, a little bit too much improvisation. But yeah, I like improvisation, but with the bare instruments, like guitar, bass, and drums. When you start going into bells and stuff like that, I don't like it. (laughs) And uh, I guess that's my closing remark, brother, and then uh, you can say whatever, and then we can end it up, I guess. All right. Um and I will agree. I think the band goes over a lot better live because I think you get the full, you get the full kind of I'm trying to think of the word. I guess you could say the full vibe of a band live better than studio. But with that said, I mean, like I said, I think it's a very cool album. It is, like I said, some of it did catch me by surprise. Because like the, like the, there is some tracks I didn't know off this album. The, ma- mainly the tracks I didn't know were the ones that caught me by surprise because I expected it to be pretty much total all blues. And I mean, you I mean you surprised me that you thought it was kind of random in places. But I mean, yeah, um, I, I really enjoyed it. I, and I said this is this was the first Cream album that I heard all the way through. I, I'm. I want to say that this is actually my second because I believe I heard Goodbye, the actual album Goodbye before this. But um, and then I I believe I've also heard the, one of the live Cream albums, the compilations that they put out. I heard one of those. But um, I mean, overall, I really enjoy this album, and um, this is kind of the first full-on album review that we've done to where we touch base back with Clapton since um, the first episode. Of course, we did the discography review in between all of this, but um, this is the first full-on album review that, that we've done of kind of something related to Clapton since that episode, and uh, that's pretty interesting. But, um, I mean, other than that, I don't have a whole lot else to say other um picks of the week i guess we could go ahead and do um do you have any picks of the week this week or a music movie whatever uh yeah recommendation yeah 
Well, I think uh, well, me and Devon was earlier was talking about watching Halloween uh, three, I believe it was, because I told him I'd watch Halloween two. Probably, probably Halloween three, because uh, like you said, it has a it has a very different uh, you know idea overall for the album album movie. I'm so used <laughs> to talking about music, but anyway. Uh, yeah, I think that would be a good one to watch because it's interesting, and I haven't I haven't even looked into it yet. But I, I read I read the kind of a summary of it. I looked it up, and uh, it looks very interesting to me. And you said that that was one of your uh, your favorites, uh, brother. That's my favorite sequel. So all right, well uh, that's that's the one I recommend. Uh, so Halloween three, I guess. And as far as music, um. Uh, Probably something something else like this. I, I'll just kind of make it broad, and just and just go listen to some Frank Zappa and see and see what I mean when I kind of compare this this stuff to Frank Zappa that we just like Cream Wheels of Fire because um, of the, I don't I mean I guess you know what I'm trying to say when I say sense of randomness. It just seems so out of out of touch with like any kind of other genre, like a mix of so much stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, yeah. just go listen to some Frank Zappa, anything by Frank Zappa, and you'll know what I mean, especially with the bells. But what about you, brother? Um, as for movies, uh, I'm going to go with um, a sequel. And um, Halloween 3, um, I, I, I also say I recommend that one as well. But um, a, a movie I recommend is 1986's The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. It was directed by the same person, Toby Hooper, who had directed the first movie. Um, written by L.M. Kit Carson. Crazy movie. Crazy movie. It was more of a um, horror comedy. I mean, basically what, he, what Toby Hooper said was that the original was noted for being this bloodbath, but really didn't have any gore in it. It was just <clears throat> the grim nature that kind of fueled the movie for what it was. And in this movie, I mean, it's an all-out gore fest from start to finish. And, um, I mean, great, great movie. Probably one of my, probably one of my favorite movies and one of my, top sequels of all time i love the movie so i recommend that one and um as for music i'm going to go with something kind of well pretty much what you recommended i'm going to go with 1970s frank zappa's chunga's revenge um the title track alone makes that album for me let me go look at some other tracks Remember the track Road Ladies was a good one, kind of a more bluesier track. Um, I like that one. Um, Transylvania Boogies, awesome instrumental. Um, Tell Me You Love Me, classic Zappa. Charlena is a great track, which was later redone for Them or Us in a, in a slightly altered arrangement. And um, overall, a great album. And very much, like you said, this... Um, Chunga's Revenge and, and early Frank Zappa stuff is very much in line with this. And um, yeah, um, that's all I have. And um, as for next week's review, um, do you have anything else to say, Steve? 
Uh, not to my knowledge. Okay. Um, as for the next review that you hear, um, let me go look in my stack of CDs over here and um, pick me out something to review Okay, that was gonna that's gonna be a little bit of, of a pause or silence, but um actually I'm going to pick one I don't have well um yeah I do yeah I do have it actually. Um Black Sabbath's Never Say Die from nineteen seventy eight. Um that that'll be the next episode. Is that good what you see? I reckon, brother, I ain't never heard of it, so that'll be very interesting. Okay. But um that's been another episode of the Dunnigan Mott Music and Movie Podcast Reboot. Um, like I said, this will be the last episode with the moniker of Reboot attached to it. Things will go back to the original title after this comes out. A lot of great episodes in the back catalog. Um, 5150 will be up. We're recording this on a Monday. It'll be up this Thursday um, at 12 p.m. Central time or and um i mean looking forward to hearing some um hearing some feedback on that episode <clears throat> i recorded with the guys from the freeform rock podcast a couple of weeks back and or a week or so back and um the episode had um received a lot so a good bit of um views for it which I'm very happy with, and um, that's part of the Dunnigan, the Danger Zone, on um, the the Danger Zone podcast, which is part of my YouTube channel. And um, I'm going to be doing some other episodes. I'm also planning to do some commentaries here pretty soon. And um, <clears throat> I mean, go support this channel, the Dunnigan Mott Music and Movie Podcast channel, as well as my YouTube channel, Stephen's YouTube channel. And um, um, you can find us on Anchor.fm, and um, of course on Anchor you hear you'll hear um, a little advertisement or something before the actual review. So um, yeah, um, that's pretty much all I have. You have any other closing statements, Steve? Um, I guess so, brother. Something I'd like to say. Um. This I feel like this one was was probably a lot longer, uh, or it felt longer recording it. Uh, I know there was an interruption earlier, but uh, you something happened with it. But uh, we I guess we're gonna edit it together and all, to where yeah. you won't notice the the interruption. Yeah. But yeah. um, it, it felt like this one has been pretty long. I don't I don't know how long it's gonna turn out to be, but probably an hour, close to an hour and a half, maybe maybe even. So, uh, but I, I think this is one of been the, the more fun ones to uh, record. I felt like I've had a lot to say in this one, probably more so than a lot more than other episodes. Yeah. But, uh, I guess that's about it for me, brother. Uh, what about you? 
Um, that's pretty much all I have to say as far as all of this goes. I've enjoyed recording this. Um, it's been a fun one. And um, like with the, I had something else to say, and I've done forgot what it was by now. But, um, yeah, um, that's pretty much all I have. Hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you all for listening. Stay safe out there. Stay healthy. God bless you all. And as I say always at the end of every episode, see you next time, everybody.